research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this, and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view, This is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hi, I'm Peter Schweitzer, and this is The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power in Washington, D.C. Eric Eggers, my co-host, is Eric. Eric, it's the holiday season. People are gathering, and there's a gathering in Washington, D.C. Apparently, in the holiday spirit, the Bidens are getting ready to meet with congressional republicans in the house oversight committee it's a different type of office party over the holidays <laughs> but no it's uh, james biden should be testifying before the house oversight committee this week you've got yeah. hunter biden scheduled to testify december 13th you've got those irs whistleblowers those pesky irs whistleblowers scheduled to talk to the house and uh, ways and means committee this week as well so there's a lot of people talking we think that all those testimonies should advance the investigation But I think part of what we want to talk about today is where they're trying to take it, they being the people in charge of these House Oversight Committees, and whether it's actually advancing in a direction that matters. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again, and I think we have to underline and score it. I believe that the committee is starting to play into the hands of Team Biden, and they're going in a direction that's absolutely not necessary. Look, the fundamental question is, did the Biden family profit Um, from Joe's political activities, from his political office? And the answer is unequivocally yes. Uh, You have tens of millions of dollars rolling into the family. Not in dispute. I mean, and we'll go through some of the evidence the House Oversights had that we've uncovered here at GAI. But no, there's no doubt that tens of millions of dollars has literally gone from foreign governments to Biden family members. No one argues that. That's exactly right. And they they acknowledge that. And now we have evidence. I don't think they argue this anymore, that Joe knew about it. And Joe participated. He met with the business partners, etc. And that the Biden family provided no discernible services for <laughs> any of this money. There's there's no services. There's no products. There's nothing. And that's not just Peter Schweitzer talking about. We'll cite other people who are literally experts in this field who've said the exact same thing. Yeah. At the moment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so It's clear this is a violation of the bribery statutes. Bribery does not require that the politician themselves get paid. And I think with the new rollout of information, we know that Joe Biden got, you know, the $200,000 from his brother, the 40,000. Then we get the report today uh, or this week, I should say, that came out where the committee was highlighting the fact of regular cash transfers to Joe Biden from Hunter Biden to the tune of thirteen hundred and eighty dollars a month. This is my favorite Peter Schweitzer, by the way, like <laughs> p- big league Peter Schweitzer. Thirteen hundred dollars might be enough to make somebody's Christmas this year, by the way. But to Peter Schweitzer, <laughs> it's a pittance. Well, when you're talking about tens of millions of dollars come from the Chicoms, it is a pittance. And here's the th- I you think got the mistake the dang Cratchit family over here. We're going to tiny Tim's going to eat for the first time. <laughs> and old Scrooge is like, oh, bro. no, but I think but I do think it's not so much about the money, but I do think because on one hand, you're like, listen, uh, $13 a month, $1,300 a month directly to Joe Biden for at least three months yeah. uh, would be exactly the kind of thing that should matter, right? It's a direct payment 
to yeah. Joe Biden. So, but it's small ball. Okay. It's small so ball. So that's why you think the House Oversight Committee is yeah. making a mistake. And, and the problem is you're putting the spotlight now. The, the fixation has become focusing on Joe Biden getting money. Right. Um, and 13, they're going to they're gonna mock it. They've already said, oh, it's for, it's for a truck payment. When you contrast that with tens of millions of dollars come from the Chinese, that in and of itself, in my mind, is an impeachable offense. Or otherwise, are we prepared to say as a country that you can become president of the United States, you can set up your family for illicit money, tens of millions of dollars from our chief adversary. But as long as you don't take a penny, it's completely acceptable. That's that's the standard that that team Biden and the Democrats are pushing. And I think you need to call them out on it and say, no, the president of the United States, when he was vice president and continuing, I would argue to today, is providing services in return for the enrichment of his family. That is an impeachable offense. That is bribery, according to the federal statutes. And by the committee continuing to find every nickel and dime right. that Joe Biden conceivably got, I think makes it smaller than the story actually is. That's, I think that's actually a great point because when you look at the money that went directly to Joe Biden that we know about, and we're talking about money that went to like a cell phone bill, for example, from Hunter Biden. Right. So that, you know, you might calculate that it being about $25,000. You got this $1,300 for three months. That's another 4000 uh, You know, and then there are the payments, right, right, from Hunter's business and James Biden's business to uh, Joe. And there's some questionable accounting practices there that's a two hundred forty thousand dollars right. so it's we're talking about hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars which is not insignificant right but your point is by focusing on that i think you do it does two things and this is why i think you say it plays in the hands of democrats number one it reduces uh you could even literally say it decimates the amount of money we're talking about because it reduces by you know by a fraction of one tenth or more right right, right. and so uh, we are talking about tens of millions of dollars seven eight figures not six but it also makes it says, OK, yeah, let's make the point of it. What money Joe got himself, right. not what money did the Biden family get? Correct. Correct. For, because for essentially being connected to Joe. Correct. I mean, look at Senator Menendez from New Jersey. I mean, it was his wife who handled that part of the alleged corruption. It was the wife who collected the gold bars, et cetera. This is the methodology. I mean, the Bidens, you get a lot of criticism. People say Joe's not mentally there as much anymore, but they're shrewd enough to know that, you know, Joe should not be pocketing this money. He's not going to walk around Washington with cash hanging out of his pockets. Um, and, and so they're smart about the way they've done this. Uh, they've used Money laundering techniques, they run it through LLCs. Um, I would argue when they, you know, issue it as this loan repayment, maybe it's a loan repayment, maybe it's not, but they're going to figure out ways to obscure it. But what is undeniable is that the president of the United States family, meaning his immediate family members, his grandchildren, his brother, etc., was enriched to the tune of tens of millions of dollars from foreign Chinese actors that he met with his business partners, that he did favors on behalf of his family that enriched his family members. That in and of itself, in my mind, is bribery. And that's what impeachment calls for bribery and again are we prepared to say that the the line you can't cross is just the president himself can't take it if his family member gets all this money uh, and he's aware of it and he aids it but as long as he doesn't take a dime that's acceptable well you know we might as well wrap everything up because that's the end of the country i do think that the revelations this week, and we'll talk about specifically yeah. what they are, are meaningful. They may not yes. be, to your point, the point, right. but they are meaningful. And, yeah. and it reminds me, having worked with you now for over a decade, 
Uh, it reminds me very much of what we experienced when we went through Clinton Cash, right? So we the, the book Clinton Cash was about the overlap of interests between people that donated to the Clinton Foundation, people that were lobbying the Department of State, and people that may have received favors from Hillary Clinton's State Department at that time, right? We call it the Clinton Blur. And so we would say, hey, here's what we have as investigative journalists based on open source intelligence. Here's what we can look at. Here's the fact pattern as we see. We see seems pretty clear. Yeah. People make a donation and then they get a a profitable or beneficial favor right. uh, that Hillary Clinton State Department had a, had a role in, right? They either donate the Clinton Foundation, maybe they pay for a Bill Clinton speech, and they get a favor on the back end. We yeah. saw it. And then as time went on and as Hillary's presidential campaign ramped up and we saw more emails, we saw John Podesta's emails, we saw more things. All it did was validate and confirm the reporting we'd done over a year before. Yeah, That's exactly what's happening now. So yes. even though this might seem small ball with the $1,300 uh, in payment. What we do know based on what the House Committee has turned up is you've got this uh, bank document signed and authorized by Hunter Biden to send, quote, periodic transfers from his Owasco personal account to Joe Biden Jr. It was supposed to start September 15th, 2018. Uh, this is around the same time that Hunter Biden had set up these uh, Chinese joint business ventures, right? So four days before this money's supposed to start going to Joe Biden, Hunter Biden gets an email <laughs> from somebody that works at Wells Fargo says, hey, sorry, just bank compliance here. Yeah. And they have a few questions they want Hunter Biden to answer. Yeah, exactly. They want the questions answered. And the answers are germane to exactly what we've been talking about since 2018, which is this money, this illicit money the, that I would argue is illicit because you've got these very shady actors in China that are sending large payments to Hunter Biden's account, which then get dispersed to the family. There's no discernible service in return, and that money gets moved around. And that's precisely what this bank inspector is asking. Where's this money coming from? What's it for? Because what are the bank inspectors supposed to do? They're supposed to make sure that their banks are not being used to launder money. Uh, and this is classic money laundering behavior. It's like the one threshold that they have. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, like it's not really hard to work at a bank, right? You receive right. the money. Right. You Just don't launder the money. money. Just like make sure that there's some documentation for it. But what's funny is, so, so in September of 2018, Hunter Biden gets these emails from a guy that works for Wells Fargo. Hey, what's the purpose of this incoming wire from Hudson West. What's the business type for Hudson West? Mm -hmm. Who are the beneficial owners? What's the address? And he flagged some other issues, noting that uh, you know James Biden is listed as you know somebody that's got a, a business partner, but it's his residential address. So it just seems uh, weird. Right. Yeah, it, it does. And this is a, the, the point that we've made and that the committee has made. And I think you're right. The new evidence confirms, which is. LLCs, if you have an LLC, uh, I know you have an LLC, you do some business through. It's it's an actual. You didn't have to say that on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, very so I'll give the board. tax. <laughs> I'll give the tax ID number too. Um, no, but the point is you have an LLC. I have an LLC. Other people do. You actually have a business, meaning you perform a service or you provide a product in return for that. This is the this is the missing ingredient on every one of the Biden family's LLCs. What's which the is, service? What's the service? What's the business? What are you doing? Um, and you can't categorize it because there's nothing that they can actually show that they did for it. That's why the banks are looking at this. They're seeing that the the outflow of the money from this LLC, that the money's coming in from Chinese entities, the outflow is not going to like business services or business expenses. It's going to family members. What so I, the question is, what is the purpose of the LLC? What I love is that so Joe Biden leaves office in January 2017. Around that time is when Hunter Biden starts a number of businesses, not the least of which is this Hudson West, this 
joint venture from his association with Chairman Yi, who's with yep. CEFC, this Chinese energy company, right? And he has major connections to the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, this entity would ultimately send about $5 million to Hunter Biden through Hudson West. But so this is something that starts in 2017 within a year number one they're under investigation by the irs and you've got bank officials like flagging it so from the jump it's not what you'd call a legitimate business enterprise yeah and the and by the way the negotiations for this deal began while joe was vice president of the united states this was not we're going to make a clean break we're out of politics there's no political influence here the negotiations started in the summer of 2016 while joe was vice president of the united states and the point person on policy towards china that the family creates this joint venture with this highly corrupt, politically connected Chinese uh, uh, gentleman uh, named Chairman Yi. And you've been chronicling Hunter Biden's shady and questionable business practices in China specifically since 2018 when your book Secret Empires came out. And one of the rules of journalism is the journalist is not supposed to be in the news. They can report the news. And once again, you violated (laughs) basic journalistic (laughs) principles because we talked about this email that came from a banker in September of 2018. In June of 2018, another banker had sent Hunter Biden an email, another guy that works for Wells Fargo, and he noted some questionable activity that was happening in Hunter Biden's business accounts. And, you know, there's a lot of really good uh, quotes here. Uh, He says there's been negative news regarding the beneficial owner of Wasco. It's Hunter Biden regarding allegations by his ex-wife. There were financial concerns about his extravagant spending on his own drugs. Uh, It was also previously indicated that Hudson West does not currently have any investment projects, which raises further concerns as millions in fees are being paid, but does not appear to have any services rendered by Wasco. So this this banker is essentially saying exactly this. said five years ago, there's lots of money coming into this bank account to this business from China and elsewhere. Yeah. And it doesn't appear that it's clear what they're doing for the money. Yeah, yeah. This is. I mean, it's a bank official that says that. That's exactly right. And this is uh, one of those things that's you know particularly satisfying, I think, for our research team and and in writing the book because you wonder sometimes who's reading the book. Is anybody paying attention? A lot of people in Washington didn't want to pay attention to it because, of course, in that book we also talked about Mitch McConnell uh, and Barack Obama and a variety of under uh, other people. But at the end of that message, it has the sources listed, uh, and the sources include a Wall Street Journal piece that was talking about my book and the allegations about the Bidens. It, it includes an interview that I conducted on the Bidens. So it's an example where you can be very satisfied. Sometimes you don't know when you're revealing information um, who's actually reading it and how it's being used. And this is kind of, I think, in a positive way, like a, a, a banker who's trying to look at his job, sees this stuff, sees it looks irregular and is raising a red flag. And this is precisely the sort of thing that leads to, you know, a suspicious activity report, as we've talked about before, the 150, I guess, it is that the Bidens have had uh, so far that have been identified. But it's pretty crazy. I mean, just to, to say it again, because Peter Schweitzer can be a little, you know, self-effacing. He's not as self-aggrandizing as someone of his status and stature should be, uh, but also just the way he communicates. So just to be clear, we write a book, you write a book in that comes out in, I think, January of 2018. Yeah. It gets widely ignored by the mainstream media, mostly because of how successful Clinton Cash was, right? right? Clinton Cash picked up by every mainstream media outlet, but then once Donald Trump was elected, partly as a result of the report in Clinton Cash, then everyone said, you're a bad guy, Trump's a bad guy, we're not talking about anything you talk about right. anymore. So they ignored your next book. Yeah. Well, the media ignored it. Who didn't ignore it 
we're bankers right. and bank bankers. officials. Yeah. And it sold very well. The public embraced it. But again, no big yeah, deal. No big yeah, deal. Yeah, but your point, but your point is exactly right. The official media ignored it. Um, and, and I think I've told this story before, but actually later in 2018, I met with a reporter from the New York Times who covers China, who said, oh, there's a very interesting stuff in this book. And he was particularly interested in the Mitch McConnell stuff. And I said, you know, what about the Biden stuff? And he says to me in the summer of 2018, you know, it's really great. If Biden were to run for president, we would be all over this, which they were not. Which and <laughs> and why they were not, and this is what the and this brings us to the testimony that's expected to be given to the House Ways and Means Committee by these IRS whistleblowers. Why they were not over it is specifically because he was running for president, right? right. Like the, these whistleblowers were told not to pursue certain emails, not to be able to use the full weight and force of their offices, not to be able to get every information they piece of information they would otherwise be able to because of the Biden name specifically and the idea that he was going to be running for president. Right. That's exactly right. And and this is an example of the media not doing their job. Their job should be to hold the most powerful accountable. And we've always said this before, whether it's Donald Trump or Joe Biden, the media needs to cover it. And I think in the case of Trump, there was some very good reporting. There was also some awful reporting. I mean, they were dead wrong on some some very, very important things. But the point is, you want a vigorous press because the people that are in power need to have some accountability. Well, if you have a lapdog press like we have right now with Joe Biden, the only people left to cover it are people like us because the mainstream media is not going to do it. So I think the the committee's findings about the $1,380 a month is kind of interesting. It's it's another brick in the wall, so to speak. But there's been some other news uh, that has that has come out as well uh, that I think is particularly interesting. And that concerns the efforts by the Justice Department, by the Biden administration to prevent these whistleblowers from actually appearing before the congressional committee. In other words, they're saying whistleblowers are not authorized, according to the DOJ, to actually meet with Congress, even though the whistleblower statute allows them to do so. Is that why they're expected to testify behind closed doors today? Because yes. they're not permitted to be able to speak in, uh, I guess, open court, for lack of a better yes. term? Yes, yes, that's that's absolutely part of the reason. Um, and look, that brings us to the Hunter Biden uh, situation, because Hunter Biden says, I will only appear in public. Uh, I don't want to do this behind closed doors. Uh, and I think uh, James Comer's done a very good job of saying, no, 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 you don't get to set the rules. We subpoenaed you. Um, and the problem is, we all know this. If you look at these, you know, open congressional committees, they're clown shows. I mean, there's some that are there earnestly trying to get to the truth. They're approaching it like a prosecutor. They're trying to gather evidence. A lot of them are grandstanding. A, a lot of the politicians make speeches. They don't actually ask questions or they fly into the meeting not well prepared. So you just don't get a lot done. And add to that the fact that the way it works publicly is, you know, the majority gets five minutes, then the minority gets five minutes. So there's no concentrated focus. And a guy like uh, Hunter Biden can run out the clock effectively when he's being questioned by the Republican majority. So I think you have to do it behind closed doors. Each side gets an hour. Um, you can be very specific, very granular, very detailed and very driven. And that's the only way you're going to get. I think, down to, to, to the truth. And the truth in this case entails, I think, putting Hunter Biden in an awkward position because we know he has not been real good at telling the truth on his relationships and his father's role over the course of the last five years. Well, so let me ask you about two things then. Are you, is it your position, sir, that... You, <laughs> <laughs> Am I under subpoena? Isn't it true uh, that... So if, if it's true that Hunter Biden is going to testify in front of, you know, in, the, in public hearing, right? And, it's, and we remember this from last time when we saw the whistleblowers 
and they testified before the full uh, House committee. Right. Yeah, yeah, the Republicans would ask like a hard question. The Democrats would say, well, what about Donald Trump? I mean, that's basically how it went, yes. right? And yeah. the Democrats want to talk about Donald Trump. Yeah. The Republicans mostly want to talk about Hunter Biden. Sometimes they talked about other things. But if if so in the House Oversight Committee, they got this really useful timeline of the Biden influence peddling, which, which to your point, I think does contain real information right. about the relationships that Hunter Biden had, actions Joe Biden has taken, and then money that went to the Biden family, right. all within a condensed time frame. And the right. top two, one talks about Romania, how as vice president, Joe Biden welcomed this Romanian president to the White House. Uh, within five weeks of the meeting, a Romanian businessman was involved in a high-profile corruption case, and um, he started putting money in a Biden associate's bank account. You also, around the same time, have former FBI director Louis Free telling Hunter Biden, hey, I made some donations yeah. into a trust account for one of Joe's grandchildren. He's involved in this case as well. And ultimately, you'd have about $3 million that's going to end up in the Biden family right. because of this like this effort to, to essentially influence Petal dealing right. with this Romanian businessman. I mean, is that something Hunter Biden should be asked about? And do you think he will be asked about it? Absolutely, he should. And I think he should be asked about um, China and he should, she, he should be asked about Ukraine. I mean, I think one of the most damning, uh, and I think it is, it is, the Bidens are dead to rights in trouble on this, uh, involves the firing of the prosecutor in Ukraine. Now, when this story first came out in 2018, 2019, I was kind of skeptical because I thought, is, is Joe Biden really stupid enough to brag about this publicly if there was some sort of business involving his son? But what we now know is that, you know, Hunter was getting paid by Burisma a million dollars a year. We know in late 2015, he got an email from Burisma saying, we're not really happy with the services you're providing. You know, we talked about services, what services they said, the deliverables, that's the term they use from our side is that you get the prosecutor to lay off of the head of this company that's paying you a million dollars a year. It was that explicit. And we know that two months after that, Hunter Biden, according to his business partner, Devin Archer, called his dad and said, you need to get the prosecutor fired. I wonder if that Hunter Biden thinks that when he gets these emails from Wells Fargo, like, yeah, what services are your business providing? He goes, bro, I hear this all the time. I heard it from my guys in Ukraine. I will put you in touch with them. They're very satisfied. Yeah. And so we have clearly taken care of their issues. This is what we do. I'm an expert at knowing the guy that knows the guy. Yeah. Why, 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 why is everybody asking me about services, right? Why do I have to provide services for this? So the firing of the prosecutor, to me, they have them dead to rights. Yeah. The Ukrainians are specifically saying, Burisma is saying, you're being paid. Yeah. Your deliverable. And we have is, emails that prove it. Yeah, is to get the the prosecutor fired. We know that he talked to his dad about it, and we know that his father fired the prosecutor and brags about it, that he threatened the Ukrainian government with withholding aid if you don't fire the prosecutor. How that is not a quid pro quo, Joe Biden in that scenario does not have to receive a dime. And that's your main point. And that's yes. why focusing on the $1,300 a month, as was reported this week, which the House Oversight Committee put out a whole press release, it's been in the news. Yeah, it's tempting to look at that because that's money that went directly to Joe Biden. But that's literally pennies on the dollar compared to the money that's gone to the Biden family in over explicit and proven ways in which Hunter Biden did favors for his business partners and used his dad to help. Yeah, that that's exactly right. And this pattern is repeated over and over again. We found it as it relates to China policy, as it relates to Romanian policy. So I think the evidence is clear. And I think James Comer has done an excellent job in a lot of respects, but I feel like they are they are trying to prove something that the Democrats have said, this is what you have to prove. Mm -hmm. And the law doesn't say that the law doesn't say that. And you just have to ask yourself the common sense question. 
Are we then saying it's okay for politicians to enrich their families as long as they don't take a dime to enrich their families in exchange for policy options? If we do that, the game's over. I mean, we will become as corrupt as as the worst corrupt third world country. Well, the good news is, is that it does matter. The game's not over. And I guess I would just leave people with this as a, as a parting thought as we see what this week brings in terms of James Biden's testimony, the IRS whistleblower's testimony. Uh, we got Hunter Biden on tap next week. It's like a college football schedule. You know, like, oh, that's a good opponent. That's going to be a great game. There's a lot of things that are going to give us more clarity about, you know, how the season's shaping up. But I would say that even if the House oversight falls into the Democrats trap of focusing on, you know, majoring in the minors, so right. to speak. Right. right. Um, the good news is the American people aren't. And we know that we, we talked about that a few months ago. The takeaway from that New York Times poll that showed Donald Trump beating Joe Biden in, I think, four of the five key swing states. The one key crosstab on that that was like it was an excellent coefficient, very pr- predictive. Um, for academics out there, you got no endogeneity issues. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well said. Thank you. But I would say it's uh, basically what it, what it proved is, is that when the American people believe that Joe Biden personally profited off of Hunter Biden's business deals, that's moving the needle politically as much as anything else yeah. that's out there. Yeah. And it matters to people. Yeah. It absolutely matters to people. So I would just say do a reality check, uh, focus on what the law says and what the standards should be, uh, and don't fall for the baiting uh, that's taking place by saying you haven't proved that Joe Biden benefited. No, his family took in tens of millions of dollars. That's all we need to show. Yeah, that's all we need to show. Well, we appreciate as always listening to us um, as we talk about these complex issues. Uh, We know your time is precious. So thank you for joining us. You can find research and information about what we do at the Government Accountability Institute and this podcast at thedrilldown.com. And you can, of course, find this podcast wherever great podcasts can be located. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time.